You are Locked on Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. You can find Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Himalaya. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Ulysses, can you believe it that uh, we'd almost be at like the 30 game mark? For the Rays and for Major League Baseball, had things gone as normal and this whole coronavirus thing hadn't happened, we'd be talking about baseball today. We'd be talking about a game that happened on the field yesterday, I'm sure. I know. We'd be talking about the first complete game by a race pitcher thrown by Tyler yeah. Glass now, obviously. Tyler Glass now, um, and then you've got Blake Snell after. Maybe, who knows? We might have had three complete games at this point. Exactly. Charlie Morton. Kevin Cash would have uh, dyed his hair yellow or, you know, orange, blue, something like that. Oh, that should be a thing. They, they need to bring that back. Bring back yeah. some of the wackiness, some of the costumes, all that stuff. This is the year to do it. This is the year to go crazy Big and Rona. have fun and um, step out of your comfort zone a little bit. I'm looking at you, Austin Meadows, looking at you, Ryan Yarbrough. Okay, I know you're pro- you hey. guys probably aren't the uh, the – the, the costume crowd and dyeing your hair and all that, but hey, go for it. Yeah, Willie Adamas copied Austin Meadows with the haircut. Did you see that? Yeah, maybe this is a new thing for the Rays. Everybody I think that's the bald. new thing. Everybody's just going, you know. That might have Bruce to be a new Willis. segment. Who looks best and worst with uh, <laughs> going bald? Man, oh man. Yeah. I, I can't pull off the bald look, and I'm honestly jealous of anybody that can. I feel like you've got to have kind of a real like muscle head to you you've got to be you almost have to have to be like a marine to be able to pull off the you, you the might have to off. yeah you might have to have uh muscles on your larynx yeah. in order to look good like i would say andrew kittredge probably would not look good no fully bald no. could you imagine oh. paul giamatti fully bald not a right good yeah not a good look yandy Just diaz so. would probably look good Yes, Yandy Diaz could pull it off, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Um, so what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, baseball. We <laughs> actually right. do. Um, so we're, we're continuing the, the weekly series of uh, best moments, greatest moments. And again, um, the boss's directive is to talk about the best ro- uh, moments in your franchise's history. Uh, since our podcast is about the Rays, we've covered a lot of those moments uh, over the course of best moments of the decade, best moments of the 2010s and everything like that so um let me preface this by saying that our moments might not necessarily be what everybody thinks of or mine anyways it's it's more of okay we we ever we've already we've, we've already talked about game 162 game 163 i mean we've talked about some of the big big moments for sure so some of them might not be they might be more of our personal favorite moment. So I'm going to preface that. For example, on Monday, I talked about the changeover in ownership from Vince Namoli to Stu Sternberg. To me, that was a huge, huge issue. With that said, Ulysses, okay. that, that long-winded explanation, I will let you go ahead with one of your greatest <laughs> favorite moments in Ray's history. 
Well, I got to tell you now, I'm just going to be thinking about wh- what is your moment uh, as, uh, as, I'm, as I'm explaining my pick. But um, you've got 20 years, you, you go through 20 yeah, years yeah. Of, of race history, <laughs> devil race history, see if you can pick it out. That's, That's your right. question. Yeah, it's going to be a, a comeback victory against the Red Sox in 2004, most likely. Love um, it. Okay, so in 2009, we all know the Rays were coming back from that World Series year. Mm-hmm. They were doing pretty well, actually. With 30 games to go, there were 72 and 60. Okay, so mm-hmm. it, it wasn't awful to think, okay, well, this team that's 12 over could go 500. And, you know, if you win 15, you can get 87 wins. Something nice can happen, you know? Right. Uh, the team went 12 and 18. Okay, uh, yeah. marked, highlighted by an 11 game losing streak streak that just basically put them out of contention and by the time that streak was over they were 73 and 73 is that i wonder if that's the longest losing streak in ray's history not devil ray's history but ray's history because that's pretty lengthy it was lengthy i mean they they went through a whole road trip and 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 homestand i think i mean 11 games is uh pretty bad pill to swallow and so 72 and 60 drops them down to 73 and 73 finally when they get out of it uh pretty bad but there was a very big franchise moment that -hmm. happened at the end of that uh last homestand october 2nd 2009 a young man with the name of bj upton decided to become the first raised player ever to hit for the cycle and he did that's awesome Uh, it was it was so great. And when you see the highlights, you know, Sabathia was trying to get his 20th win with when no Yankee pitcher had done that since Andy Pettit in 02, 03. Uh, and the Rays denied him quickly and powerfully. I mean, he was out of there by the third inning. Uh, the, the, the Rays were winning 11 to 1, mm-hmm. uh, something ridiculous like that. And, uh, you know, BJ started with a triple. Then a double, a home run, a base hit. By the fifth inning, Kevin, by the fifth inning with two out, he already completed the cycle. Could he have done the double cycle maybe if the game well, had he, gone into extra innings? Right. That's what he was working on after that. Uh, he, he finished the game with six RBIs. I mean, just an incredible night for a guy that unfortunately did not have a, such a good, good year. I mean, it was his lowest OPS at 686 uh, in his Tampa Bay years. That's his second lowest uh, unless you compare him to his 2006 numbers when he was 21. Right. Um, so, you know, not a great year for him in 2009, not a great year for the team per se. You know, he did have that labrum issue going for the whole year. He didn't really get that fixed. But overall, this is a great franchise moment. I mean, to, to, to have somebody hit for the cycle. And as being Rays fans, it's so cool to be able to say – I saw the first. I remember the oh, first yeah. of the whole franchise. It's very cool to be in the inception, the origin of, of something. And I think as race fans, we should uh, be a little bit more uh, appreciative of the fact that we're watching, you know, the founding fathers of the franchise. Right. You know, we saw the, the founding moments of, of this team. And, and that's why we hold it so dear when people talk about Montreal and all that stuff. But uh, this is a great franchise moment. BJ Upton heading for the cycle. That was great, and you know how I love B.J. Upton, just his pure athleticism and talent mm-hmm. overall. And it's moments like that that goes to show you, I think he had a lot more potential yes. than was maybe exhibited in his final stats. Um, 
By the way, was that 2009 year? Was that the year he and uh, Evan Longoria got into a dugout argument? I feel like it was a little bit later than that, but I could I be think wrong. It was 2010. Okay. The year after. Right, right. Um, but yeah, to be able to hit for the cycle like that, not only does it take luck and skill, but you've got to be able to have all the hit tools. You got to be able to have power. You got to be able to have speed. You've got to be able to, I mean, it's, it is one of those great moments for sure. And it, it's BJ Upton's like a guy who he just did like weird things, like in the, like just amazing feats, like the postseason, he had seven home runs. Like, how does right. a guy do that? Like he, he showed like burst and, and spurts of greatness throughout yeah. his career and he, of course, he had a couple of really good seasons with the Rays, but like, I feel like he could have done so much more. Honestly, yeah, the the potential in BJ Upton was was immense, and I think he honestly, any other kid out there working towards a baseball path, uh, even some guys that are like young AAA guys would love to have BJ Upton's career. Would absolutely take it. They would sign that piece of paper and be like, "Yep." One BJ Upton's uh, n- not only his career but also his salary, his bank um, account. Yeah, his bank account. I'll do yeah, that. Thank sure. you very much. Um, and and have the moments that he lived during his his MLB career. However, with his potential, though, it's kind of man. You think, oh, couldn't he have done just a little bit something? You know, mm-hmm. the health. It always goes right. with health, right? I mean, he he wasn't a huge healthy guy. Um, you know, the labor issue again, that, that bothered him the whole year yeah. when your speed is one of your main components. And if that's out of the window, I mean, man, what are you going to do? Right. And strikeout and play discipline was another thing too. He was that's huge. He was prone to the strikeout, but I was, cause he was such, what I was amazed about him was he wasn't a big bulky guy, but he had power when he needed to use it and when he was able to make contact with the ball like he was i mean he almost looked like a cross-country runner with his build and everything yes he did quick question who do you think has more raw power bj upton or brendan lau because they're both unsuspecting you know guys with with power so i think bj might have hit 28 in one season and it might have been with the race in his last year yeah. Uh, so, who do you think has more raw power? BJ I, I think or I think be loud just a little bit with okay. some of his shots, and that might be a little bit of recency bias. But it's Bam his, Bam. yeah, the the exit Bam velocity, Bam. and and I mean, you look at all the. I love to see what like BJ's bat speed, how it compares to Brandon Lau's. But I think Brandon Lau legitimately has thirty home run potential if he can stay healthy for a full I'd, season. Sure. I, I, I'd love to see uh, B. Lau hitting seven home runs in a postseason because that means the Rays are doing pretty yes. well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that means they're getting far into the postseason as That's well. Right. That is a great moment. Yeah, franchise first like that are huge. No hitter, Matt Garza, yeah. like stuff like that is just great. So very good pick on your part. I'll tell you mine after this. Okay, Ulysses, continuing our series for the rest of this week on greatest moments or best moments in Ray's franchise history. Again, we've talked extensively about Game 162, so we're going to kind of put that aside a little bit. Game 163, some of those things. Um, Okay, this moment occurred actually a year later than yours. 
Okay. July 13th, 2010. Does that ring any kind of bell? It's trying to subliminally, but uh, um, I, I don't know. Okay. That was the date of the MLB All-Star game. And it was also significant in the fact that the Rays had three starters Good one. on the, all, the American League All-Star roster. Four, four total All-Stars if you include Rafael Soriano, but three actually, okay, from any inning one, these, these Rays players are on the field. Carl Crawford, Evan Longoria, and on the mound, David Price. And I felt this was a significant moment from the fact of it really actualized the fact that, okay, MLB fans and the MLB world is giving the Rays some of the respect they deserve and actually acknowledging them and also Rays fans for coming out and voting too. That's right. So that was a couple of, of big things there. And for me, it, it brings back a little bit of nostalgia because growing up, I don't know what your situation was, but uh, when I was uh, a young adolescent, um, we didn't have cable, you know, slow internet connection. Um, you know, if you wanted to watch the stars of the game, it was either playoffs or all-star game. You, you weren't able to, right. uh, with the uh, two taps on your phone, look up highlights of, of Sammy Sosa or Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds right. or whoever it was. So the all-star game was really that opportunity to see all these greats in one place that you heard about, that you read about, but you maybe didn't really see on the regular. So that, that just brought some more significance to me of like, wow, the Rays have, okay, they've arrived in the national landscape and, and maybe, um, you know, maybe that more fans can come about and that it can grow as a franchise and those sorts of things. Of course, the, the, the attendance issues have, uh, have matriculated and and become realized since then. But for that moment there, it was. I thought it was very, very special, um, and that's a record too. Four Rays All Stars uh, in in one year, and and three three starters too. It's a great pick. It's a great pick, man. Because you know you used to remember the days uh, of Tampa Bay Devil Devil Rays baseball, mm-hmm. and Ed being Rocco Baldelli or Carl Crawford. I don't know if BJ Upton ever made one appearance, uh, but I'm pretty sure Carl Crawford and Rocco and Rocco did. Um, you know, and and it's just the one guy. They just had to have one representative. Yeah, and that was it. And it was know? like a pity pick too. It was like, oh, here's your one. Okay, and move every along. team has to have one. Right, here's, exactly. Move yeah. along. Yeah, and uh, so 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 the, the <laughs> how quickly things can change. And and you're right. The the Tampa Bay market. We always say this. In, the media nationally, I mean, it just does such a disrespect to to what goes on here in in, in Tampa Bay with with the team in baseball, but and the players. But in that year, at least the 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 national media and fans as well, and regionally too, the fans. You, you're right. The fans have mm-hmm. to come out and and be the first ones to vote and and kind of push the envelope. Right, and they did. They did, and, and look at that. Price and Crawford—they became very high-paid players uh, in an off-season for not only a rival team, but one of the most franchised 
uh, you know, historic teams of, of the game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it was kind of a platform for them to be on and for a lot of teams with a lot of money saying, when does this guy a free agent? Yes. Oh, Crawford. Oh, okay. So after this year, he's pretty good. And this kid price. Okay. He's under control for the next three years. Okay. Well, let's put our eyes on, on this kid and on when he can become a free agent or when he's almost yeah. done with playing with the arbitration. You know, it, it was great. I think that's a fantastic mm-hmm. pick. Good job. And unfortunately, of course, both of them wound up playing for the Red Sox for an extended period. By the way, this all-star game, no Red Sox in the starting lineup, which Ooh. made it even Don't better. You just love that, yeah. Made it even better. Awesome. I feel like with the all-star game too, and maybe it's just because I've gotten older and, and to me it just it doesn't mean as much as when I was a kid, but it's so there's so much accessibility now with MLB TV. Um, like back then when we were growing up, it was okay, you can, you can watch your local market game. For me, it was the Cincinnati Reds. Right. And then on, on Saturdays, you have the Fox game of the week, national game of the week. And mm-hmm. that was about it. I yeah. couldn't go on Twitter and, and look up highlights of, of Matt no. Chapman or you know, pick a player, pick an all-star. Yeah. So it, it really it was like, wow, I'm seeing all these guys in one place. And, <laughs> Do and, you remember uh, the, the, before that game, there was this week in baseball? I think, I mean, I'm that's sure right. I loved this week in baseball. I loved it, man. I loved it. Yeah. You'd watch that right before the national game. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was another time, and and I think the accessibility definitely helps the players kind of you know uh, put themselves out there, and, and you know kids can feel a little bit closer to those mm-hmm. superheroes they they, right. they think they were watching on TV. Of course, that's awesome, but yeah, it was a different time, and and to finally have that contrast happen between the one solo pick because they pity you to yeah. having three guys in the starting lineup, and then. And uh, I'm pretty sure – didn't Soriano pitch the eighth inning in that game? That sounds right, yeah. And that I think they right. left Mariano for the for the ninth. Of course. But, I mean, Soriano was uh, pretty good. <laughs> yes, he was. Indeed. And he got himself a pretty good contract after that year as well with played the Nats. The Rays. Yeah, right? For the or Rays. the Yankees, yeah. Play for the Rays and you can get paid yeah. in a year or two or three. Eventually – you will make your coin. By the way, that was a significant all-star game in the sense of that was, I believe, the first year that World Series home field advantage was decided from the winner okay. of the all-star game. Uh, and then, of course, it stopped, what, in 2016? So they kept that running for five, six years, something like that, oh, seven years. Hold up. Didn't Crawford win MVP that year? I thought that was the year before. Oh, the year before. Okay, yeah. the year before, 2009. Okay. Right. Now, that would have yeah. been, hey, that that would have been a <laughs> lockdown moment for sure. I'd be talking <laughs> yeah. about this for two episodes. Um, <laughs> but uh, the other thing, too, was George Steinbrenner had died earlier that morning, had passed Ooh. away before the all-star game so it was crazy in that sense oh, and then okay. they had totally kind of like that. a little ceremony um well i had to look it up after the fact because i forgot it as well um <laughs> um and the other thing about the all-star game was they instituted sort of a universal dh thing so if they were in a national yeah. league park no matter okay the national league team's gonna get a dh which is like this was 10 years ago come on we need to get to the point. If you're doing this in an all-star game and deciding world uh, home field advantage for the World right. Series, let, let's let's move this show on the road and get Universal DH into the National League. It's so funny. It's so funny because you you're playing the American League and you're saying no, no, we can't put Jacob Degrom facing, you know, 
right. David Price or whoever is, is on the mound. No, no way you can't do that for this game. That's not fair, you know. But then what about the 100 yes. and something other games that you have to do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ridiculous. By the way, uh, quick little game for you. Okay. Quick little trivia. Love it. American League All-Stars, the starters from that year. I gave you a little bit of a hintsy by okay. saying there's no Red Sox. So I'm That's going starting. to read down the lineup, give you the position. So okay. You can name the player. And I'll make cool. this quick. Okay. Uh, leading off, playing right field. And this is American League All-Stars because National League, we know we're, we don't have as much knowledge about uh, whatever happens. And like, they don't have a DH. I don't even, hey, are they even baseball? We don't know. Um, right field leading off. I'm going to say Johnny Damon. Incorrect. It was Ichiro. Ooh, yep. better. Better pick. Batting second, playing shortstop. Playing shortstop. Um, Derek Jeter. Of course. Absolutely. Of course. Uh, batting and third, so. playing first base. Uh, Miguel Cabrera. You got it, sir. All right. This is going to be a toughie, I think. Batting fourth, playing center field. Think about this. This player blew up during this time. 2000. Home run derby. Oh, Josh Hamilton? Yes, Josh Hamilton. Of course, the Rays lost him in the Rule 5 draft, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Designated hitter, batting fifth. Um, I will say this guy wears no batting gloves, and wherever the ball is pitched, he'll probably make contact with it. Vladimir Guerrero. Very good. I gave that one away. Very nice. Batting sixth, playing third base. Oh, uh, Evan uh, Michael Longoria. You got it, sir. Uh, batting seventh at catcher. Seventh at catcher, 2010. I'm going to go with uh, one of my all-time favorites, Ivan Rodriguez. No, incorrect. Dang. I'll give you one more guess. I'm going to go with... Uh, Dude could hit. It. Dude could rake. Time. He's tall. Oh man, he could bat uh, like he, he might have batted like three sixty in a season. Oh, Joe Mauer. Yeah, Joe Mauer. Very nice. Oh man, that's a this is a good good team. Yeah, batting eighth, uh, playing second base. Batting eighth, playing second base, and there's no Red Sox, so it can't be Dustin Pedroia. So I'm gonna go with Robinson Cano. Great, great guess, and you were right on the money. Of course, yeah, you've got to have if there's three. <laughs> race starters you got to have at least a couple of yankees or, yeah mlb yeah. was like okay we can oh, come on yeah. give me the yankees though come yeah, on can't have this can't have this um <laughs> and then uh left field batting nine uh carl crawford you got it and i'm i'm just gonna run down the list of national league just for historical reference uh hanley ramirez was leading off and playing short martin prado was batting second at second base man that is i would not have guessed that in a million wow. years and I would guess that's probably his one and only all-star appearance. If I think I... he had a couple more. Really? I a know. A couple more. I, I think so. You know what? Keep doing that. I'll, yeah. I'm going to double check me. I've got to put the over under at two. I, I mean, I, I got to say two or two or fewer. Um, batting third <laughs> at first base, Albert Pujols. Uh, Ryan Howard at designated hitter. Also. Oh, uh, you're right. By the yeah. way. Sorry. You're right. Only one. Only one. Okay. He, yeah. he To me, he felt like a one all-star cat. Yeah, um, I thought he did another one. Okay, keep going. Yeah, you must love – you. I think you're overvaluing uh, Martin Prado. I, I mean, he was a I solid am. player, but – I think I am. I thought he fit – oh, you know what? I think he was like 
close to being the hits leader one season. Oh, okay. Or batting average, one of those. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes another. But it probably was that season. <laughs> yes, if I had to guess. Um, David Wright batting fifth at third base. Oh, Ryan Braun batting sixth in left field. Andre Ethier, the surprising pick in center field. He was good for a couple of years there. Yeah. Um, another Brewer at this time, Corey Hart in right field. Big 6'5", lanky Corey dude that Hart. could. Yeah, he wow. had a good five, six year run where he's bad. I think he was also in a home run derby at, at I think so another. too. Yeah. I, I've got like memory of Corey Hart because he's from Kentucky. Okay. And so like there's kind of the Southern Indiana, Kentucky line. Like any any pro player that makes it from that area, it's like you have to know about him. It's like I think it's, it's like a state law or something. We all we all have it, you know. You have I have the Venezuelan push. You have the Kentucky Indiana. Yeah, push. the Southern Indi- the Kentucky Anna, <laughs> as they say, the the Kentucky yeah. Anna bump. If you want Romeo Langford <laughs> basketball trivia, I got it for you, buddy. Um, okay, I'll see if you can guess this one. Uh, okay. Batting ninth, playing catcher. Batting ninth, playing catcher for Russell Martin. Incorrect. Another uh, guess. Uh. Man, he's got a connection to a former race catcher. He's got a connection very close to a connection, former. like a brotherly connection. A brotherly connection to an oh man, no, too much pressure. What is it? Can't handle Yadier it. Molina. Oh, of course, yes, oh, I'm an idiot. Still God. going strong. He'll probably be an all star this season <laughs> or next season as well. <laughs> uh, and then pitching uh, for the National League team was Ubaldo Jimenez. Okay. Man, wow. Man. He had a two year pick peak that was amazing and then just Yeah. I don't know what bottom, happened. Bottomed off. Um by the way, I don't how the National League beat the American League that year. You've you got uh, Martin Prado, Andre yeah. Ethier, Corey Ethier. Hart. What's I, going on? Yeah. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Wow. This was a fun one. Again, yeah. Highlighting some of our, our favorite greatest moments in Ray's history. Great pick, man. Great pick. Besides, very good. All right, that wraps up this edition of Locked On Rays. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you on Friday.